The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 8.15, you're tuned in to WGNS on this Wednesday morning. And this morning we have guests from the Murfreesboro Police Department joining us live in studio. And today with us, we have Lieutenant Clayton Williams and Public Information Officer Larry Flowers and Sergeant Amy Denton. How are all of y'all doing and uh, did you have a good 4th of July? I'm doing really good. I had a good fourth of July. <laughs> Amy's doing good. Everybody else, I think everybody else is still asleep. Well, you just know, you never know. You don't want to jump over top of somebody. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. The fireworks they in my neighborhood went on very early into the morning, and but uh, yeah, it'll be okay. What what time is the cutoff period for fireworks, anyways? On the fourth, I believe it's in the city. It's midnight. Um, yeah, it, it's a. Uh, in the county it's a little different but city i think it's midnight on the fourth so did you guys get a lot of calls before the fourth of july about people shooting off fireworks maybe before they were supposed to you know what historically those are common but i don't think we had anything that was different than than usual um you know the the big thing is they've the city's kind of regulated some of the uh the things that can be sold in in the city and the time frames are, are pretty specific and i think maybe the heat might have might have helped us out it was just man it's been hot the last couple of days so i don't know how many people were actually been out and doing that beforehand yeah there were like a heat index warnings in place that said heat heat index could get up to 114 a few of those days and it felt like it did yeah yeah no, i know i i uh the last night i was thinking about the the folks out there and uh, many years doing that and it's usually always either really hot or the rain comes on the fourth and makes it even more miserable but uh but no i, I you know it's that time of year we've been spoiled so far earlier in, on in a mild june and things and so uh, we're we're into summer that's for sure yeah in the city I, I know several years back they put in place a lot of new ordinances to kind of curb the you know enthusiastic fireworks shooting yeah. the days before things like july 4th and the days after and one of those things was you can't even sell fireworks in the city until a certain date. Yeah, it just, you know, for lack of a better word, for some uh, calm and tranquility in the neighborhoods, it, it, the city decided that was a, a step to take. And also with some of the reloadable type uh, munitions, they, they uh, cut back on those just because of the, the threat it posed with uh, a fire and b you know the the distance that those traveled and and the uh, potential for somebody to get hurt or, or property damage so um yeah i think when that first went in place i it might have been a little bit controversial and some people were disappointed but i i think overall it's been a good move i, I think when it was put into place weren't people shooting bottle rockets and roman candles at each other yeah that that uh was a very common occurrence in some of the neighborhoods people uh that they just decided it would be fun to shoot those at their friends, their neighbors, and then anybody else that happened to come by, and sometimes even including uh, a pol- police car or two. So it, it was just uh, it was just time to make a change. So since the city put into those bans on those types of fireworks, has it made a big difference? You know, though I would say going back and aiming probably attest to this. If you rewound 10, 12 years ago. Um, it, 
the fourth is much more manageable now than it used to be. Um, it used to be a lot of that just constant um, chasing these groups around, trying to find out who were shooting these fireworks at people, and then they move on, and, and, and it's just really hard to tell. Um, so I have personally, in my opinion, I think it's been an improvement uh, from what we used to see in the past. Now, I, I did notice over the past couple of weeks there have been it seems like an increase in motorcycle-related accidents, um, and I know there were at least two or three in the city limits. Uh, when those occur and during the investigation, do you find that the motorcyclist is at fault, or is it the driver of the vehicle that either strikes the bike or the bike strikes the motor, the, the actual vehicle? Who, who do you find at fault usually in motorcycle-related accidents? That's you know, there's I don't think there's one way to answer that. Uh, you know, we worked fatalities in times when the motorcyclist was at fault and we've worked uh, probably just as many when vehicles were at fault it's just i think the reason why it grabs the attention so much is because the the likelihood for serious injury or death when you're on or uh, riding a motorcycle just increases so much so we just see more um, fatality results with those Um, but as far as the types of crashes they're not necessarily that much different than the types that we see on a day-to-day basis. Um, <clears throat> of course, there are times when we see higher speeds and um, operation that's associated with people's inexperience using motorcycles, and, and they're just not as uh, prepared to you know use brakes and take emergency action when they need to. But, uh, yeah, I would say it's probably... 50-50. I don't know that we've seen one that's that's larger uh, causation than the other, the car or the motorcycle. And, and the motorcycle accidents that happened in recent days here in Murfreesboro, were those fatalities? I don't know if, uh, if, the, if uh, I haven't seen the initial or the end of that investigation on the one that we just had Sunday. Um, I'll let Larry chime in on that one. He's probably more up to speed. Sure. Uh, in both of those, uh, the motorcyclist is in critical condition there were not fatalities uh, our fatal accident crash team normally responds to accidents that may be fatal or a potential of the victim uh, you know passing away so that's why our fact team responded to both of those crashes um, to piggyback off what Clayton was saying in terms of uh, the cause of um, of these accidents these last two the one previous Friday as well as, as well as the one Sunday according to the uh, preliminary investigation and that's what it is preliminary it's subject to change uh, but in both of those crashes the uh, driver of those SUVs failed to yield the right away and so it's not the uh, motorcycle riders fault in those particular two crashes uh, but again um, at last check they were in critical condition and um, Again, that's why our fact team is investigating both of those crashes. And whenever those accidents do occur, you know, a lot of times I'm sure it's often hard for the driver of the vehicle to see a motorcycle maybe rounding a curve or whatnot. So you really do have to be extra cautious and maybe wait just a little bit longer before pulling out. Yeah, the, you know, it's motorcyclists and and cars alike in those situations. uh, A lot of it is, you know, we here in Murfreesboro we have a lot of multi-lane roads now um, a lot of it has to do with the positioning of where the motorcycle is and and that's kind of what I was alluding to about training um, you know we would encourage anybody who's uh, 
either actively riding a motorcycle or thinking about it there's some great resources in town uh, to take some safety training uh, get that initial um, piece of education and some physical skills to anticipate when those things happen um, that would help maybe survivability or even avoid an accident Um, because those, those things you have to constantly be thinking about when you're riding a motorcycle is you know taking extra caution to get afford those folks that are in cars uh, you know make sure you're visible make sure uh, if something does happen you know what to do in a panic situation and then when it comes to other types of accidents you know vehicle accidents for example are we seeing an increase of dui related accidents that's i don't know where we are for the year for those where drugs or alcohol are involved i'd have to look it up um but you know we have seen you know dui often we associate with with alcohol um and but we are seeing cases now where um and and it's always been this way but it's just becoming more prevalent and more common you know we have to consider things like uh medication you know narcotics that are uh, people are taking that may impair their ability to drive um uh, marijuana uh, things like that that can also impair people's ability and, and those kind of things also I'm glad you bring it those are a lot of people talk about when the legislature is meeting and legalizing marijuana or legalizing this or that you know those kind of things have to be considered uh, real factors of that uh, you know for years and years and years and years you heard don't drink and drive don't drink and drive and and law enforcement and along with lawmakers have really cracked down on and made those penalties very tough Uh, They've encouraged and even put a lot of funding for enforcement through grants to try to combat that. So, um, you know, you hate to see things take a step backwards uh, if if that were to happen. But I say all that to say um, I couldn't tell you exactly where we are for the year, but uh, it is still very common. And we make uh, several DUI arrests, not just with crashes, but proactively seeking out intoxicated drivers. I know there was a DUI arrest made in, I believe it was Laverne a couple of years back, and that case was appealed and the tbi actually testified in court that the person was using marijuana and uh, you know it was in their system when they did the blood test and everything and they testified in court that those who use marijuana while driving they often drive at a higher speed and they will think in their mind they're going a lower speed mm. which you know I, I guess the joke is well if they're smoking weed they're going to go a lot slower but that, that's right. not necessarily the case at all yeah and, and i would just tell folks that you know especially young people if that's something that is offered to you or that you're you know experimenting with uh, anything that impairs your judgment and ability to to think on your feet and make good decisions is, and driving is just it's not a good combination uh, so just remember that even when you're taking prescription meds that uh, that are given to you look at those labels on the side and make sure to take heed to that and talk to your doctors about that before you drive i know in nashville just a, a couple of days ago i believe it was on sunday a seven-year-old child wandered away from their house and they found the child deceased in a swimming pool nearby are we seeing more water-related deaths or drownings here in Murfreesboro because of the hot weather? I can't even think of one in recent this year, Larry. I don't think we've had any. Um, no. Um, you know, I think one thing that helps us in the city, um, our codes department is very, very diligent about 
putting restrictions and and guidance in place for folks that are putting in pools at their house with some security measures to make sure people don't especially young children aren't able just to wander and and uh, find themselves falling into a pool um and also we've got great resources through the city with patterson park splash pad uh, i know our partners up in smyrna have some uh, swimming locations with lifeguards and things like that so so i think that helps um but yeah i don't know that we've seen anything in recent time like that again guest with us today from the murphy's bro police department if you have any questions for them you can text those in 615-893-1450 again 615-893-1450 something that i know we've talked a lot about but we keep seeing stories on it and that is shoplifting all throughout not only murphy's bro but through rutherford county and across the country really are we seeing a lot of shoplifting where people are stealing well over a thousand dollars worth of goods still it's uh yeah i don't think it's changed uh and you said something scott that i think is important to note that a lot of times uh, some of the information uh, that we get gets passed on from our partners uh, with corporate uh, stores and they're seeing this and working on it from their with their security teams not just in Murfreesboro, not just Middle Tennessee, but all over the country, um, and don't really have a good rationale for that. You know, and I can only speak on some of the things that uh, the chronic issues we've experienced here in the past. I know uh, one retailer that we, for a long time, uh, dealt with constant theft uh, out at the Avenue. I know there was finally some conversation with that store about maybe how to arrange the checkout and how uh, that would be done to try to prevent some of this because it was almost becoming a daily occurrence um so i think uh, that's important and we're you know available to speak with any of those folks if you have a business that you're concerned about uh, that may you know you're having a shrink problem or 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 theft problem then uh, we'll be glad to consult with you about maybe things that you can do that we've seen that have helped other folks Uh, but yeah we're we're still responding to those crimes when you look at some stores being hit by thefts that add up to well over a thousand dollars a month it seems like at some point it'd be cheaper for them to hire an off-duty police officer to come in and just be there yeah you know that's uh that's another thing if you have a business and you're interested in having if you don't have your own security and you're interested in you know having some presence there i know some of our uh, even large retailers have started doing that Uh, they can contact uh, our department and they can hire someone off duty Uh, they can have if they want them in the parking lot or if they want them inside the store uh, you know as far as the how they're deployed and what they do um, they would just need to contact us and it's a very simple process a lot of it's uh, web-based and done through email on an application so uh, uh, on the on the cell phone so yeah we're happy to provide that help service if that's something that people feel like that would be a benefit to them now one of the thefts that has taken place in recent months was uh, a theft that involved i believe two different people who went into a store and they stole you know a thousand or so dollars worth of candles and other things uh, has that ever been solved have they caught the person or persons behind that one uh, no, most people are still looking to be identified. Uh, whenever our detectives get a break in the case, you know, whenever we post something in there, it's a, a break in the case in terms of an identification of whatever the detective will alert me, and I try to get that out to, uh, you know, to the public that that particular case, uh, the uh, suspects have been identified. But in that particular one that you're speaking of, I think that particular store was hit twice. 
uh, similar thefts and those suspects have yet to be um, identified. Mm. And then there was another one where somebody walked out with a large flat screen TV, like a 50-something <laughs> inch TV. How, how do people get away with stuff that big or, or that many candles and just walk out? <laughs> it's just hard. You know, I, I don't I don't have a good answer. I mean, like I said, I, I, I don't know if it's a case where when they're leaving, people think that they've it's been paid for or if their policy is not to stop them. You know, there's could be a myriad of reasons why that would happen um, but it is almost as you say when we we sometimes have the same reaction when we get the call we're just you know almost sometimes as stunned as like how can this be happening you know um, but uh, unfortunately it's 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 something that's here and uh, like I said uh, we, we take very seriously and we Larry does a great job about putting out information to our uh, media partners and other agencies trying to get these folks identified so that maybe we can find them and, and, and make an arrest in those cases. You know, it, it's like people are a lot more bold than what they used to be in just walking in and then walking out with a huge flat screen TV. I mean, yeah. that was unheard of a number of years back. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. In that particular case, um, the uh, female went through the self-checkout. So, you know, the one employee that watches all the register all the self-checkout register could assume that she mm -hmm. had paid for it yeah. and uh like clayton had mentioned you know some of these stores do have policies where you know you don't go after you know the uh the perpetrator you know for safety reason you know if they get hurt they can turn around and sue you so you know that's why um you know in most of these cases they're not uh attempting to stop these people and and uh, again, you know, electronics, you know, in my opinion, should be purchased in electronics and not brought through a self-checkout. So these uh, stores are going to have to, you know, take some responsibility themselves and, you know, protecting their merchandise. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking all the times that I've gone to a self-checkout aisle, I've never hauled my own TV up front and <laughs> did the self-checkout version of it. Uh, so it's weird that somebody would even do that. And yeah. Why did that not attract the attention of workers right away? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you go, you'd normally you buy razors and the alarm goes off. They have to come over and deactivate a, a security tag on it. But yet you can get a 55 inch TV and it doesn't have a security tag. I don't know. It, it, and that drives me crazy how you have to get assistance <laughs> just to get a, you know, a yeah. razor. Yeah. Yeah. But TVs, no, just nope. walk yep. in, walk out. Yep. <laughs> it's crazy what people steal these days, too, because these are not items that really are a need for anybody. It's not keeping somebody's family right. fed if they were stealing food. These are just crazy things that are happening. Yeah. Yep. Do you still have cases where somebody does go into, like, a, a grocery store and they leave with a shopping cart filled with food and... You know, I could see where you could kind of get an understanding of why they stole that, but it's still happening. Is that occurring still? I think we still have them. Um, I think just what's happening is, just like you said, the it's a little bit more of a shock factor when you see the TV going out versus the, the food going out. Also, if someone's filling up a shopping cart of food, it, it takes a little bit more time, and many times... Um, I don't know. I guess uh, kind of to your point, maybe the food isn't. It? A lot of times they'll abandon that and or be stopped in the store before they even get to the uh, to the checkout. Um, but yeah, it's it still happens. It just doesn't. It's not as um, prevalent happening as some of the things like electronics and entertainment items and, and things like that. 
And then you have those more of a, I don't know, brazen type fest where people go into a clothing store, they bring their own bags, and they literally run out the store doors after they have all the loot, get into a car and drive away. Now, those types of cases, they know they're being caught. They know they're being seen, in other words, because they're running out the doors. Mm -hmm. But that kind of stuff still happens, too. Yeah, it does. Um, And again, we kind of take the same approach as a lot of these stores they do have very good video surveillance and uh, a lot of these cases we are able to work on the back end and find these folks because they do have such good uh, imaging and uh, surveillance but uh, yeah it as Larry said I, I think the important thing is it's doesn't seem to be slowing so I, th- I think it's it's unfortunate for the convenience of regular consumers but uh, I think in the near future you'll see probably retailers take a little different approach to how you obtain merchandise and you know i'll tell my age a little bit but if if you remember the old service merchandise and national how you used to have to get things that you wanted you know you, you hand a number and say here i'll have i'll have one of those and um you know maybe that kind of thing so you know i, I i'm curious are a lot of the people who you do figure out who they are who do the shoplifting do a lot of them become tied to other shoplifting cases in other cities or are a lot of these people local I think we've seen a lot of these that actually have ties back to surrounding counties and municipalities, um, and I, I, especially in some of the retail theft with the clothing and where we see the same stores getting uh, utilized, where a group of people will find out kind of how, if the store set up similarly and they have the same, same similar policy and if they have something that they can readily use or sell, um, we will have these actually linked back. And we'll, our team members and detectives often will consult with uh, detectives from other agencies and if we they can do that then you know they can be charged in any of those uh, municipalities when that happens and then work together to also get charges placed in, in this county as well. We have to take a short break but when we come back I want to learn more about different burglaries of vehicles and neighborhoods all throughout our area and find out if you know there are more of those happening maybe this month compared to last month. So we'll get to that in just a second. Again, our guests today from the Murfreesboro Police Department include Lieutenant Clayton Williams, Public Information Officer Larry Flowers, and Sergeant Amy Denton. Time right now, 8.37. We're going to pause for a look at the news and also a look at a few commercials. So we will be right back right after this. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. We need to be especially mindful to protect our pets from fleas and ticks. Here at Animal City, we carry a variety of products to keep your dog and cat safe. In addition to products that will directly protect your pet, we carry a variety of items to keep your home safe as well. Here at Animal City, we would like to thank Murfreesboro for letting us be your family-owned and operated pet store for 33 years. You can find us at Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad. Everybody needs an edge. The other guy is working on his edge right now, whether you have one or not. Testosterone levels are at an all-time low historically, and individual T-levels in men decline 1% every year with age. There's a new champion of natural testosterone boosters, and it's called Chalk, C-H-O-Q. 100% natural herbal extracts with game-changing effects on your energy, mood, and focus. Chalk Daily's main ingredient has been clinically studied to boost testosterone 20% in 90 days. 
Supercharge your masculinity with higher T and a massive boost of energy by taking Chalk's Male Vitality Stack every day. Take the 90-Day Chalk Challenge and reap the benefits of the reigning champion of natural men's health with Chalk's Male Vitality Stack. For a very limited time only, Chalk, C-H-O-Q, is giving our listeners a 30% discount with promo code USA. That's choq.com code USA for 30% off while supplies last. The Commissioner Corner with Commissioner Craig Harris. Imagine a world where everything you say is judged by someone. Imagine living in a world where everything you say is gender neutral. Imagine a world where you're denied freedom of speech. Unfortunately, this has become a reality if we let political correctness get even worse. But what exactly is political correctness? Some people say that political correctness is being nice and treating others with respect. That this movement is essentially meant to acknowledge differences in race, age, religion, sex, appearance, and ability. But seriously, isn't that just manners? Political correctness has been undermining our everyday lives. It has affected our freedom of speech, common sense, and strong institutions such as our government and education. Political correctness is intended to silence our free speech. It has been infiltrating our community over many years and is often difficult to distinguish what damage it has caused. There are many examples of political correctness going to extremes. To list a few examples, such as Santa being banned for saying ho, 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 as it could offend to women, replacing brainstorming to thought showers as it could offend people with epilepsy, changing the term Easter eggs to spring spears in case it offended anyone who didn't celebrate Easter, and finally not being able to put the words reliable or hardworking in a job description as it could be offensive to unreliable and lazy people. Are you serious? And the list goes on and on. Political correctness dictates everything we say based on the offensiveness of the word or phrase. Straight away, this poses a problem. Who gets the massive power deciding what we say is offensive? Is it feeling offended in the hands of the receiver? After all, words are just words, and it is the receiver's choice to either ignore, respond, or react to the comment. We are all in control of our emotions, and we shouldn't blame someone else to how we feel. It is our responsibility to keep our state of consciousness in check. Though we do need to take care of what we say and who we say it to, political correctness has taken it to another level. Modern political correctness has affected our everyday lives. In today's world, middle-class values are incorrect, according to the PC movement. So are we saying that we shouldn't tell children that taking drugs and skipping school is bad? Furthermore, it is starting to affect our educational systems. Primary schools aren't allowed to say Christmas and Easter, and kindergartens are changing traditional nursery rhymes such as Baba Black Sheep to politically correct versions such as Baba Rainbow Sheep. Are you serious? Political correctness has gone too far and affected our everyday lives. Our freedom of speech and education systems are all under the wrath of the PC Brigade. The values that have built up our culture are being neglected and forgotten all because of political correctness. It is our responsibility as Americans to stand up against this idiotic movement and the idiots behind it. I'm sorry, is that politically correct? This is Craig Harris, and this is the Commissioner Corner. 
for the Commissioner Coroner. That was County Commissioner Craig Harris. The views of Rutherford County Commissioner Craig Harris are just that, his views. They're not necessarily the views of this radio station, website, or our advertisers. Feel free to send your thoughts and ideas to Commissioner Harris by emailing him at ccotinc at comcast.net. That's ccotinc at comcast.net. We're talking with Pat Wingo at Adams Place. I just thank God every night that my sons did the research and put my husband and I here because there's activities, there's great food, the people are awesome, the help, the staff is awesome. I thank God every night, and I'm so thankful for Adams Place. Hi, this is Terry Deal at Adams Place. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.43. We're talking about crime and things happening in the city of Murfreesboro. And our guests today from the Murfreesboro Police Department include Lieutenant Clayton Williams and also Sergeant Amy Denton and Public Information Officer Larry Flowers. Well, as uh, time goes on, it seems like we've heard more and more about people breaking into cars, but they're not breaking windows out anymore. They're just opening handles and uh, seeing if the car's unlocked, then taking out whatever they can find. Mm-hmm. Is this continuing to be a big problem? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you bring it up, Scott. Yeah, this is something we, we have seen an uptick in just the last month. Uh, I was in a meeting last week, and the numbers are trending up uh, to where vehicle burglaries and vehicle thefts and thefts from motor vehicles are. Um, it's And it's, like I said, it's kind of happening around the city, different neighborhoods. Uh, for 2022, I think the total, we were at 663. And so far this year, through just through May, we're already at 344. So this is something that uh, it's a serious issue, and, and we're looking at very um, very close to figure out some ways maybe that we can – combat some of this and maybe deploy some resources a little differently uh, to make an impact in this area. Um, we would really like to encourage our citizens and our, our neighbors to help us out and lock your vehicles, keep your key fobs out of your vehicles that, you know, more and more cars now, it's it's proximity key type uh, operation. And if the key's nearby or in the, if there's an extra in the console or glove box they can just push that button and 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 they've got the car um so with that said you know we we this is something our partners in anything that really touches davidson williamson sumner um wilson car burglaries have it's just something that unfortunately uh these groups of of people and a lot of times it's juveniles have figured out an easy way to find something and, and get a hold of something and make some quick turnaround money or obtain piece of electronic equipment or and unfortunately a lot of times even firearms so we also encourage people don't leave firearms in in the vehicle um so again that's something we take seriously and one of our tenants through uh, uh our city leadership is safe and livable neighborhoods is one of the things that we're committed to and that's a large part on our shoulders and we don't want to to have these kind of issues chronically happen to where people feel like they can't even uh go to bed at night and worry worry about um things happening in in their vehicles and on that note uh, a lot of the things that we do to educate people and help inform and help better prepare folks uh, we have some programs at our department that 
uh, some of them longstanding, some of them new for old and young. And I'd like to get Amy to talk about that just a little bit about some things where um, people can help be equipped and, and better neighbors in this situation. Of course, um, Sergeant Mike Turner does our Neighborhood Watch program. So if there's any neighborhood in the city that does not have a Neighborhood Watch and wants to have a meeting and, and get all the neighbors working together on the same on the same page, um, you can contact him at the police department. And then we also have our education programs for um, 18 and up. We have our Citizens Police Academy. And during that program, you get to ride along with an officer so you can go out and get the full front row seat windshield assessment of the city and the calls that are happening and how the officers handle the calls. Um, we have a teen academy, teen citizens police academy for 14 to 17 year olds. It meets on Thursday evenings and we're going to do three weeks before and three weeks after fall break this year. Um, and they get to do things similar to the adults, but more focused on teens and the issues that they face. Um, we have a partnership with Tennessee Highway Patrol where they bring their driving simulation trailer. So they actually get to do some driving simulation. Um, they get to find out about some crime scene techniques and solvability factors and things they can do to keep their items safer and things like that. Our special victims detectives come in and talk to them about um, safe relationships because 14 to 17 year old, they're starting to date. And if they don't know what should be accepted and what should not be accepted in their um, companion's behavior, they may accept things that set themselves up for bad situations down the road. So um, when you look at the different camera feeds that different neighborhoods have, you know, such as the blink cameras, you, you can log on to your blink camera and see surrounding areas where different neighbors have posted video of things that have happened at their house mm -hmm. but when you look at those videos a lot of the people committing the crimes of burglarizing cars they look to be teenagers they are a lot of them are um, and some of them are local and some of them are not um, so that's that's why we try to uh, reach out to the teenagers and and basically let them know that if you do this you're eventually going to get caught um, you, know, what, you know the city's working on the real-time crime center we'll have more cameras um, and and the the ring doorbell camera system and then we just have we have individuals that have camera systems that send us the footage all the time um, it may be not be that their car got broken into it may just be somebody lurking around the neighborhood so the solvability a lot of times is there so if we can educate the adults and the teenagers on the fact that you know just don't do it it's um, almost like the ones committing the crime, they just don't care anymore because they know there's cameras there. At least common sense would tell you there's cameras everywhere. Yeah, if they're juvenile, then you know, you got to look at the juvenile justice system. And, and I don't know that they're afraid of getting caught. I don't think they they don't feel like that the uh, the punishment's going to be that much. Um, you know, and, and then we, I think we have a new breed of teenagers running around right now. After 2020, after COVID and and everything that took place in 2020 on all different levels um, i think they're just a they're a different group of of kids and teenagers running around right now and and parents there's a lot of parents out there who are i don't know apathetic to what's going on in their own household and then when their kids get caught for a crime i don't know that there's any punishment at home yeah that's always a, a piece that <clears throat> you know we as law enforcement we can only 
we only have so many tools uh, that we can directly utilize and a lot of it comes on the community and <clears throat> parents teachers um, you know uh, mentors things like that <clears throat> and that's why it's, i wanted amy to talk about that if you know folks that if you're you know even if you're working a lot you know you're not not ha- able to be as home as much as you want. there are so many great programs and activities to get uh, youth and teenagers involved in <clears throat> in our city and it's year round whether it be sports whether it be you know arts uh, any of those things and i think that's one of the things that's so great that uh, the city puts out there and uh, it, it and again a lot of times it's free or no no or low cost and we have places like patterson park and sportscom and and more things to come so and even the school system are some of our great partners that have uh, extended programs and, and other things like that <clears throat> just i would just encourage people like i said maybe maybe you don't feel like you have the ability or the time um but there's things out there um boys and girls clubs are they just keep coming to mind as 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 i'm talking but uh you know when if 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 you need some help with that you know we'll be glad to point you in the right direction unfortunately we don't have anything right inside other than than the programs that amy just mentioned that are kind of they're short-lived and come and go but we'll be glad to connect you with some of the folks that we know involved in some of these other things uh, to get your teenagers involved and and keep them out of trouble and when you do actually arrest a suspect in a case where they're breaking into cars in an area neighborhood do you usually find that the person who is breaking into the cars is somebody who lives in that neighborhood because i know you said well you know sometimes they live in other areas sometimes maybe other counties but is it usually a teenager who lives in that neighborhood they're breaking into their own cars a lot of times when it is teens and youth it's someone who lives either in that neighborhood or or close nearby um some of the things that we see like that happen uh you know we mentioned a lot uh, i think last time we're here there are some groups uh, that are you know have some national affiliation even uh, and they target vehicles that are either in um, uh, places close to the interstate like a for example like a cracker barrel um, or anything that has really close interstate access or there's some folks that also look and and target specifically um, places of parks and recreation where they feel like people come and, and and utilize for a short period of time and instead of taking their things in and putting them in a locker uh, they leave their valuables in their cars so that happens on occasion but to your point some of the ones that we're seeing especially the youth yes it's either of that neighborhood or just adjacent or somewhere nearby and then larry i know there was a store recently on south church street that i think so far has been broken into at least three different times it was a, a vape store and in that case i believe a camera caught what looked to be a teenager leaving the area running across the street towards savannah ridge a neighborhood on south church did you ever find who was the one who was breaking into the vape store on south church no that particular case is still open uh, i don't think uh, we mentioned anything about it being a teenager uh in that those particular cases but oh, oh in the third one i think there may have been but um what had happened on the third case they broke the window but never got into the store so that's considered vandalism it's not a break-in so there were actually two break-ins where someone actually entered the store and uh, took products but the third one is uh, listed on paper as a uh, as a vandalism and I think that was the uh, the teenager that uh, we had mentioned in that particular case but uh, nevertheless they were hit at night um, you know after hours um, and 
of course, uh, again, those three cases are still uh, active cases and under investigation. I, I know in uh, one of the surveillance photos that was released by police, I, I mean, the guy looked like he was 13 years old or something. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know if they're getting younger and uh, trying to do things that are more brazen, such as busting out store windows or what, but it does seem like people are a lot younger when they're committing crimes now. Yeah, the, I mean, we see it in, across the board, not just in burglaries and, and things like that, that uh, teenagers and even some of our violent crimes, some of the ones that are involved are um, um, teens or um, about to be adults. Um, yeah, and it's unfortunate. When it comes to gangs in Middle Tennessee, of course, we hear about gangs in Nashville, but are there gangs here in the Murfreesboro area? And uh, are, are they usually gangs that have affiliation in Nashville and this is just an extension of those gangs or are there standalone gangs here? Uh, it's a difficult to answer. I mean, yes, there are people that we encounter that claim affiliation with, with gangs. We have uh, resources dedicated to uh, monitoring that kind of activity and, and developing intelligence about folks that would be um, or are known associated uh, to try to make sure that it doesn't become something that in, into an organized uh, crime syndicate that would be here, you know, and uh, so it, it's it's something that we use out of our uh, specialized investigation. So it's not something that uh, you're going to see um, in a, a big public uh, front forum. But yes, we do monitor those things. And we take that seriously because there are cities across the country and, and places that do have a, uh, a vicious gr uh, gang problem, and uh, you know we kind of develop that even though somebody said i think when it first came around they said we don't have gangs here you know and, and there were a few people like that we knew associated themselves with a, with a gang but uh we wanted to make sure that we get on top of that and make sure that it keeps um those things and, and those kind of groups away from here well, we only have about a min minute and a half left but in closing this morning when it comes to drugs what are some of the main drugs you are seeing these days in murfreesboro well, unfortunately, Scott, the, uh, the um, heroin epidemic uh, that we're having right now, we've seen so many deaths uh, already this year, and I know we're going to surpass next year or the way we're trending right, no, right now. And so we're, it's sad uh, because it touches so many different lives and, and, and people that fall victim to this uh, just for a, a lot of times a, a way to as an escape. And uh, we would just encourage people man educate your your friend your kids especially be careful what they're taking uh, we're seeing sometimes cases where someone thinks they're taking a pill that's that's uh, pill a and it may be uh, have fentanyl or, or something else in it that um, uh, it, it, it you know they take that one time and then the next thing you know they're they're gone and uh, it's just a sad thing and it just wrecks families so we would just encourage folks you know be educate your kids about that and make sure they're not using things that they don't know what they are and um it's and talk to them about drugs and, and because they're out there um and uh unfortunately like i said it's 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 becoming more and more prevalent and more and more people that are having those things and having them accessible to them and uh, it's, it's just tragic and we're uh, we've got a task force that we work with on opioid deaths as well and um we want to try to 
find the folks that are peddling this stuff and the ones that are selling it and, and causing these deaths so that we can try to track them down to the source and, uh, and bring them to justice. Again, with us today from the Murfreesboro Police Department, Lieutenant Clayton Williams, Public Information Officer Larry Flowers, and Sergeant Amy Denton. Well, thank you all for joining us this morning.